head, put it on real tight. Hope you brought your best tonight. They say they got the fireworks, yeah, they say they got the show. Here around the shoots, you're the best, so let's go. This is Texas Toast, a production of TSC Entertainment. I'm your host, Miss Helen. Kick back and enjoy as we toast the best from Texas. Welcome to Texas Toast. I'm Miss Helen, of course, your host, and have a really special person on today's episode, Mr. Paul Easton. Hey, Paul, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? So I have something that I want to show you. I'm going to hold up. This is like this mama kind of thing, you know, like baby photos. Can you see this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I think you were probably on your first radio tour and you came to our radio station and I absolutely fell in love with your music and still two of my most favorite songs is one more dance and keeping it between the lines. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's been a while now. Um, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, 15 years. <laughs> it's been a long time, but that is still in my music library. And I listen to those a lot. It's just good, fun music. So what was it like for you when you were a solo artist? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was also a lot of work, you know, just keeping a band together. At the time, I was starting out, so I was driving the van, I was selling merch, I was writing the songs, playing lead guitar, you know, settling with the club. I did every single job there was, basically. So um, it was a lot of work, but it was also really fun. So it has its ups and downs, uh, you know, running your own band. (laughs) Oh, that's a lot, being a band leader. For sure. <laughs> Which you've transitioned a lot because you went from your solo career and then you were Kevin Fowler's sideman. You played in Kevin's band. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did my own band for eight years and then I started playing with Kevin and that was totally different because I would just show up at the bus and I wouldn't even know where we're going. And then I just go play lead guitar to great crowds. And it was, uh, you know, it was a ton of fun and way less work than running your own band. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of the artists that are listening, one thing I wanted to pick your brain about is you've been a solo artist and then you were basically, you know, a musician with Kevin in the band. And then now we'll get to the Wilder Blue here in a little bit. But like for a, a musician that's up and coming, is it better for the, I mean, do you feel like your solo career being a solo artist gave you an advantage going into playing in a band alongside someone like Kevin or was that an advantage, disadvantage or what are the positives to that? Yeah, I think it definitely is an advantage. If you've been in, you know, your potential boss's situation, you know, you understand what he would want from somebody who's going to hire a guitar player. Like if I was looking for a guitar player, I'd want them to be obviously really good at their instrument, but also I'd want them to be fun to hang out with and, uh, you know, always show up on time and, you know, do all the other stuff that a lot of musicians don't do. (laughs) Right, right. Having, you know, employed other musicians, uh, I feel like it definitely gives you an advantage when you're looking to joined a bigger band. And then being on the other side of that, for a musician looking to go to a band, what should they look for in that band and band leader? Well, a few times we would have people try out or, um, you know, fill in. And the guys who everyone talked about forever are the guys who came in and just had really done their homework and knew all the songs. You know, the people who really put in the time to learn the stuff uh, are the ones that made like lasting impressions and eventually got like other great gigs because. You know, if you come in and fill in with the Kevin Fowler band uh, and you nail it on your first show, everybody's going to remember that and recommend you to other bands and stuff. So just preparation. 
really being prepared. So as a musician, what what is your creative process, whether it be songwriting or getting prepared for a show? Is there certain like with athletes, they have, you know, certain things that they won't wear certain colors, like your creative process as a musician. Do you have any of those superstitions before you perform or? Um, Well, we usually take a shot of whiskey before we play. (laughs) Uh, But that's that's in the new band. Um, We no, I don't really have anything like that. Uh, Sometimes I mean, I, I do like to maybe just warm up on guitar for a few minutes before we play, just to kind of get my fingers moving. But um, other than that, not really, honestly. Um, it's a real strange because you can have great shows and terrible shows, just depending on kind of where you're at, like emotionally or physically. And it's incredibly hard to tell why it's like that sometimes. Like sometimes you'll feel like all the songs are too fast or all the songs are too slow. Um, and you're, we, we have a click, so I know that they're actually the correct tempo, but everything just feels weird. And they're like, it's just very strange how different things can be. And there's nothing you can do about it as far as I can tell. <laughs> that was very interesting. I really appreciated that. So now you've transitioned to the Wilder Blue and y'all's music is amazing. And of course, you and Zane combined together. I mean, that is just like a win-win right there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, it's it's really exciting. It's definitely the best musical creation thing I've been a part of in my life. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited about it. I mean, you know, we have uh, five really talented guys that we put together with the intent of, of being a, you know, harmony singing band. And it's really fun to be part of a, you know, I've never been part of a band where everyone is like equal owner of it. So it's really fun to be a, a team kind of and uh, come up with, you know, stuff that we all really love to play. So what's the backstory? How did y'all all get together? Uh, so I was in Del Rio, Texas, playing with Kevin Fowler one afternoon when Zane Williams called me and just said, hey, Paul, this is Zane. I think we should start a band together. <laughs> I was uh, a little surprised, but I thought about it for a while. I was like, yeah, I have to do that because, uh, you know, Zane's one of the best writers I know. And for some reason, he wanted to start a band with me. So then we we started looking for you know, who do we think are the most underappreciated musicians in Texas who are also, you know, great singers. And um, and so we've been a year or two kind of finding the right guys for the band. Uh, and I think we got a, a really awesome group of guys. So. How long did it take for you to get your projects together and your songwriting and, and then get in the studio and record? I think it was two years, probably from the first time that Zane called me to the time where we actually recording an album. So it took a while. Well, all this stuff is good. Particularly, I like Palomino Gold. Let's talk about Palomino Gold for a minute. Yeah. Zane wrote that one. It's, um, I feel like he's, I've heard his story before where he just kind of just made it up because it sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it is a great song. And it's, you know, it's kind of talking about Hill Country and uh, Freer River. And uh, so those are some of my favorite things in the world, basically. So, uh, yes. You know, I love that song. That's what I liked about it. We talked about it. We have a segment on uh, here on Texas Toast called Texas on Tap, where we look at new releases. And that was one of the ones that I had picked one week. And I liked it because I could hear your style of music and Zane in it. And it's just perfect. When I come here, I always see you like this. And free Memories of love too wild to hold free 
another one I like is Adios. Thanks. Yeah, um, I wrote the verses of that song, and then I had some verses, but I sent it to Zane, and he rewrote the verses. So he kind of wrote the verses, I wrote the choruses. Um, and it's been fun. I, I feel like Zane is like maybe with Palomino Gold, even he's kind of um, written some songs that are a little more of my style, kind of like a little more kind of southwesterny, you know, feeling or whatever. When I walk through the doors of these border town bars, it's like walking 30 years back in time. There's dollar beers and hand-rolled smokes, cowboys telling gringo jokes, and all I need to keep you off my mind. For a while I was king of the Miguel and scene, howling up at the warm Acuna stars. be able to drive down to Acuna and just yes. in, in college and spend the weekend in Acuna. Um, and I don't know if anyone does that anymore. It's maybe not so safe, but uh, we anyways. were, we were just having that conversation the other day, me and some of my friends. And so right now, as far as they were concerned, that doesn't happen anymore, <laughs> which is sad, but that's, that place holds a lot of memories for so many. Right. Yeah, totally. At last I heard almost all those, uh, you know, restaurants and clubs are shut down, but mm-hmm. I don't know these days. And then one other I want to talk about is Dixie Darling. Oh, yeah. That's maybe one of my favorite songs on the record. We ended up taking our name, our second name, because we were first called Hill Country, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but we ended up taking our name from that song, I guess, The Wilder Blues. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's another, another one that Zane wrote that I think he's had for a while. He wrote that before the band came together. So I think he's had that song for a few years. Uh, but we... That was one of the first songs we ever sang together, me and Lyndon Hughes and Zane as kind of like a, a you know, trio harmony kind of thing. And uh, so that's that's one of the first things we ever worked on together. Well, loving all of your stuff. Dixie says that horses know her better than people do. I've known Dixie seven years and I'd have to say it's true. Once my sweetheart, now the sweetheart of the rodeo. Heard the highway calling with the melting of the snow. And I tried, yes, I tried to change her mind. Dixie, darling, did you find what you were after? A greener pasture, a wilder blue. That I have mattered more to you. Y'all are out doing a lot of shows now. So, what songs are you really seeing your audience respond to? 
Well, definitely Palomino Gold, you know, because that's kind of been our most popular on Spotify online and stuff. Um, but we just came out with a song called Wave Dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be on our second record. Um, I think it's already available to our, like, we have a kind of our own Patreon called The Hideout. And I think those people already have it. But that that one, uh, when we play it live, seems to get the best response because it's got a big uh, acapella harmony thing at the beginning that kind of gets people's attention. Awesome. Now, speaking of your hideout on your website, tell everybody about that. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of like a Patreon, uh, but it's our, it's just our own kind of setup of that basically. So people who are, you know, true fans or whatever can subscribe for $5 a month or more if they want to. And all that money goes basically straight to our recording budget. So every couple months we go to the studio for three or four days and record two or three songs basically. And um, those songs, we release one song a month back to the hideout members who paid for it. So they're basically financing our our records uh, and they get the music before everybody else does. And then at the end of the year, the whole record will come out basically, but those people have had it for the whole year, hopefully. And it's amazing because that's the hardest thing to do, I think, as a independent artist is come up with, you know, $40,000 to record a record or something like that. Right. Uh, all at once is, is real tough. So um, now we have a kind of a monthly budget and we do it monthly and it makes us create new music all the time, whether we want to or not, which is great for us too. So it's a cool system, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I just look at everything that you've done and this may be a loaded question, but what in particular song or songs do you feel that, you know, you were ever a part of as a songwriter, as a musician, or even as a solo artist? Is there any particular song that stands out to you that just really like changed things for you that made a difference? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess my biggest song is Mountains of Revelion. Mm-hmm. One has, has kind of been the one I get the most feedback from, I guess. Uh, you know, when I talk to people at uh, whatever shows, whatever, they say, oh, I love this song. I loved it for, you know, 10 years, whatever. That, so that was really cool. Across the mountains in the summertime They rose straight out of the plains Took to living in a northern where nobody knows my name Sunny is hotter than the salsa here The salsa here don't mess around So I just sit out in the shade all day And watch the clouds roll in and out But the one I'm most excited about now is called uh, Build Your Wings, uh, which is one I wrote that'll be on our second album. And it's really a personal song for me, but also I feel like it came out the best it possibly could because we got to work as a band in the studio doing what we thought was cool and right for the song. And so uh, I'm excited for people to hear that. Yeah. So how did you get into music? I know you grew up in Houston, in the Houston area. Yeah. So let's see. When I was 12, my sister, Car for Christmas, 
And uh, I just kind of stole it away from her. I guess she wasn't playing it too much, so I just kind of picked Aww. and learned uh, to play Wild Thing on guitar. How cute! <laughs> and uh, and then a year later, I was in a band, like a I think we were kind of like a, a rock, punk, ska kind of band, basically. And so since I was 13, I've been playing in bands. Uh, but I, I also played upright bass at uh, the High School for the Performing Arts uh, in Houston. Mm-hmm. And then I went to uh, Texas State for sound recording technology is my major. So, you know, I've always been playing bands and uh, also school uh, doing music until I dropped out of college to play music full time. <laughs> so it's just been music for you all your life. Yeah, that's my thing. That's all I do pretty much. Yeah. And you do it very good, Paul. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you do it very good. And that was going to be another question I was going to ask you. So if you didn't do music, what do you think you would be doing? Oh, that's interesting. Um you know, I'd, I've always thought I'd like to be a cartographer and make maps. <laughs> but lately, more realistically, uh, my buddy and I have been talking about building an RV park. Oh, wow. You know, so some kind of real estate kind of stuff or something. But um, anything I ever did would only be so I have enough music to keep making money. Mm-hmm. Enough money to keep making music. Right, uh, right. <laughs> Right. So uh, upcoming shows, anything big coming up for y'all that you're really excited about? Uh, Let's see. We just did a run to Montana last week, which is a lot of fun. Oh, I've been to Montana. It's gorgeous. Yeah, the the weather was amazing. and uh, We had a great time. Uh, Coming up, I know we're doing um, some shows with the Steelwoods uh, in Kentucky. and uh, Cool. uh, Those are always really fun because we get to play in front of a whole new crowd that usually digs our music. what else do we have? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff coming up that'll be fun. I think we might be playing Steamboat, which would be fun. That'll be the first time I would ever play it as my own band, I guess. I played with Fowler a bunch a bunch of years, but uh-huh. you know, so that could be really fun. If, if that happens, I'm not totally sure yet. So. Yes, I'm, I've already been checking on the dates for Steamboat. I'm think that's always been on my bucket list to go to, but I was in radio for so many years, it was hard to break away and go. I know that sounds ironic, you know, you're in radio and you should be there, but it was just always that time of the year where it just it never worked out. So I'm thinking I might be able to go this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, us too. I'm, I'm still not sure, but if we're both there, we'll have to go. Oh, for sure. For sure. So one other thing, since you're, since you're just so experienced in the industry, was there any one piece of advice that someone gave you that, that made a difference that you feel like has helped you on this path that you've had in this trip in music? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know who told me, cause probably a few people have given me this, this idea, but, um, I think the the most important thing is just to stick with it. If you just do it long enough, you'll eventually find your thing and hopefully you'll be um, good at your craft because you've been doing it a long time. And so I feel like if you just keep sticking with it and, and keep trying to find out what is really, you know, you as an artist, then you'll eventually make it in some capacity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you've definitely done that. I'm just loving the sound and loving the style of music that y'all have put together with the Wilder Blue. Looking forward to following you with that music. And I have to ask you, how's Brie? <laughs> She's good. She is actually uh, in Omaha on her way to Montana. Their their band is playing Montana, I think, tomorrow, maybe or something like that. So 
she's on the road, uh, which is great. Like, you know, it's great for, to both be busy again because, uh, you know, last year was a tough, a tough one. So yeah, uh, she's doing great. Yeah. We just bought some land together and we're going to try to build a little shack on it and uh, live there. We're in the green area in New Brunswick. Oh, yes. Love it there. Yeah. If I if I wasn't such a coastal person, because I'm on the coast, oh. but if I wasn't such a coastal person, that's definitely where I would be. That's my second favorite part of Texas. Yeah, it's real fun. And we can walk to the river and uh, there's an amazing amount of musicians that live in New Braunfels these days. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's kind of the hub. Has yeah. been for a while. Definitely. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, one last question before I let you go. If you were a cocktail, what would you be? Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, maybe, well, I don't know how this relates to any of the rest of me, but I like Negronis the best and I kind of make my own version of a Negroni. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll choose that one. Okay. And so what's in it? Uh, it that would be a third uh, equal parts uh, gin, uh, vermouth. I use dry vermouth. And Campari. Wow, you're fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I had Brie on, one of hers was one of the Carbot beers and a shot of whiskey or something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. Well, it's been a pleasure visiting with you. And thank you so much for taking the time and letting me drill you with questions because, you know, we wanted to get you on too to talk about you and the Wilder Blue and all the stuff that you've done. But also, I think that you're a person now that with the younger musicians and artists that we have coming up, they can look at Paul Eason and say, hey, that's how I want to, you know, I want to be like Paul. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely. Swagger on my sway. Yeah, these old boots, all this cowboy.